Hello, everyone. You're listening to Law School in Brief, episode 83, with your hosts, Lydia and Megan. <laughs> wow. How are you, Megan? Are you? Uh, it's been a whole month. I miss it's you. Been, yeah, I missed you too. Gosh darn it. It's been a whole month. Um, you could say I'm pretty good. You could wait, say wait, that. Wait, wait, wait. I need to um, pull up the air horns because I already know uh, what you're going to say. Is that right? Are the air horns ready? They're ready. Well, I'm pretty good, Lydia, because I passed the motherfucking bar exam. <laughs> Thank Christ. Your hard work paid <laughs> off, Megan. Are you sworn in yet? What happens now? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, that's like the million dollar question. Um, so you pass the bar and then they don't tell you anything. <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, so what now? And uh, a little bit of Googling and some emailing uh, helped me figure out that now I just have to wait four to six weeks. Okay. And my physical license will come in the mail. That like big There's ass piece of paper. License? Oh, huh? that thing hang in your office. Yeah, it's like it's the big one that hangs in your office. It comes in the mail. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope they don't fold it. I would be a little pissed off. They better not. Um, yeah. So you get your license in the mail and then you contact either your local, you know, bar um, association or you can just reach out to a judge individually and ask them to swear you in real quick before court is in session one morning and then, you know, bing, bang, boom, you're a motherfucking lawyer. You're a lawyer. Wow. Yeah. So we'll get to have air horns another time once that's all completed and the the thing is hung in the office. So yes, we have and even then, more uh, celebrations to come. Well, sure. I mean, for me and for you, you're, we're going to be do, we're going to be repeating this celebration in six months. Uh, well, well, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. All, right, so. all right. All right. Yeah. Oh. Um, but it feels pretty good. I gotta oh. say. Yes. <laughs> You know, I was recently listening to some early law school and brief episodes because Aww. I'm a narcissist and also because <laughs> love the sound of my own voice. Uh, but really, I mean, just hearing sort of where we started, what happened and where we are now, kind of a beautiful story arc. Um, and like when we started law school, we talked about our biggest fears mm. and mine was failure and just what would happen if I sunk all this time and money and energy into this degree only to then like not pass the bar exam? Right. I got to say, it, it really feels like I'm like coming up, coming up out of something. Like I'm like back to myself again and the weight is really, really lifted and I'm so grateful. I feel like another arc throughout your journey has been, um, figuring out what you can do other than practice law and yet here you are practicing law have you got yeah, no first kidding. paycheck like how are you feeling about about that or do you still think like oh I, I feel like I'm still being creative and like you know bringing my own twist to my practice and like <laughs> 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was me going to law school, figuring out how I could leverage a JD to then not practice law. Right. <laughs> um, and I was pretty resolute in that. But then I was able to find this kind of, I, I call it a loophole um, in collaborative law. And that's what I'm practicing now. So, you know, there is, if anybody's listening to this and is kind of feeling like I, you know, I want to be a lawyer, but I don't want to do big law because I'm, you know, I'll just be like working on projects and pushing paper and the partners get all the glory. But I also don't want to be like an ADA or a PD, like in the courtroom all day, just arguing with people. Um, Collaborative law is a great middle ground because you're practicing law but you're, you're never really in a courtroom. You're like keeping people out of court. And it's right. kind of like restorative justice meets like civil law meets like your heart all in the same place. Um, at least in the context of family law. Uh, and I, I, I do feel like I've kind of struck gold. It's like I can... This sounds so trivial, but I like mean it very sincerely. I can wear leggings to work. And wow. a sports bra, and yes. I can text with my coworkers like emojis, and we all get each other coffee, and we text on the weekend, and we care about one another. And if someone's tired, you know, we can be honest with one another and say, "Hey, I'm like really tired today. Can you guys take it up for me?" And the answer is always going to be yes. Um, but then you're also helping people with very real legal problems who don't necessarily want to have their business aired out in public because mm -hmm. frankly going to court is really more traumatizing than it is restorative yeah. uh, like 99.999% of the time um yeah so i feel like i found my little my little niche adam likes to joke and say that i found the the LA LGBT center of the legal. Yes. And he's like, you just like replicated your work environment in yeah. Southern law. How did, how, what? <laughs> yes. Everyone should be amazed. I love this. How does it feel to be like on the work? Sorry, we're starting the podcast immediately with me interviewing you, but this is happening. <laughs> so like, how do you feel about having like the work routine and the work life balance coming off of being like in this uh, two and a half year program, mark it off your bingo card, advanced to like kind of quick program and then the intense bar review, you know, what's that like? Yeah. So um, I would say it's been a pretty easy transition because mm. the the way that my work schedule is set up and, and Frank, like the other two attorneys I work with, we commit to being in the office on Tuesdays and Thursdays for like four to six hours. And we call those our office hours. And like, we're all there at that time. Mm. Aside from that though, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's kind of a choose your own adventure. Like you can work from the beach. You can work from your house. You can work wow. from a coffee shop. It doesn't, doesn't really matter because we all just trust one another is getting the work done. Yeah. Um, so in that way, the transition from being in a Zoom school of law student and then like, you know, just like a famous uh, like slave <laughs> <God>. <laughs> into like taking the bar exam. It's been pretty easy. Um, I almost like I, I, I almost wish I was going to the office more and I and I could if I wanted to. Um, but I, I'm trying to like kind of slow myself down and examine why it is I feel I need to do that. Mm -hmm. And the answer is because it's like, I, you know, 
it's like this knee-jerk reaction to pre-pandemic times. It's like you're only productive if you're at work physically sitting Mm -hmm. in your desk. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Like, think about the lessons we learned in the past two years. You know, you are obviously uh, with uh, you have a track record. Yeah, I'm talking about myself right now. (laughs) I have a track record of being very productive while working from home. There's like no reason for me to go into the office. Like I could stay here, hang out with my dogs, do the things I need to do. And it just is like pushing back on this idea and this feeling of like needing to perform work. Like, right in order to feel as though I'm doing something. Um, So the transition has been very easy. It it doesn't really feel like much of a transition at all, if I'm being honest, Um, which is kind of great. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, But I'm just so happy hearing all this, Megan. Yeah, I can't wait to be doing this with you in in but a few short months. (laughs) Oh, I think I'm going to be at a totally different, I'm like, moving across the country and like I have no idea where I'm gonna live all that it seems like it'll be very jarring but I don't think we have to go into the office every day of the week so it could be in that respect could be kind of similar well that's good because you know you can stay home with your kittens yes Um, oh yes that's one of my updates but right oh shit I shouldn't have like I tipped the hat a little bit um I'm not gonna give anything away but um (laughs) I actually I do kind of want to ambush you on air right now oh that's only fair. That's only fair after all the questions. Yes, after you ambushed me. Um, so we have a new follower, uh, a new loyal follower. Shout out to oh. Jason Kersey um, from Oklahoma, who used to be a sports writer and is now making the transition into law school and, um, you know, reached out and said that he was really enjoying the podcast. So thank you for listening. Um, Yay, but he, he asked me in a DM chat, he was like, what are you guys going to do now that you're graduated and passed the bar? <laughs> um, and I said, wow, Jason, great question. Uh, we, we still need to suss that out. So I'm like, Lydia, what are we going to do? Mm. I, I, okay. So I, uh, one of my updates is kind of related to this where I didn't know when my start date was going to be for my job. Mm. Um, and was like also cautious about just emailing them and being like, when am I starting work? Like, I just was like, I'll just wait and see. And anyways, um, one of my highs is that this past week, they sent us like a survey of which day we'd like to come in to start. Mm. And there's one date in September and one date in October, like middle of October. So I'm going to try to swing that one. I have to look at the, the old finances, but that would be so sweet to have a break. And so I'm scared about committing to anything like after October and I don't know what I would talk about in like in that in between time of like after I've taken the bar yeah and like starting work because I won't be doing anything law related uh but of course we could like (laughs) just chat or I could ask you about your law stuff but yeah I mean I'm I'm only scared about what's going to happen after mid-October with like work you know? Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Well, like maybe, maybe what we do is, you know, um, we, we keep doing our episodes, uh, up until you take the bar and then we take a hiatus 
Um, and then we come back to the listeners like when you pass and it's right. like, it can be like our conclusion episode. I want to get to a hundred episodes. I said the same thing okay. to Jason. I was like, wow. okay, so you already answered Jason without asking me, Jason, you lucky dog. No, I didn't Until... answer him. I said, well, <laughs> I would like to get to a hundred episodes, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Cause we're at 83 now. And so we can't squeeze 17 episodes out of what we have left. Yeah, no, let's yeah. do it for sure. Okay, great. Even if we have to talk about the rule against perpetuities, damn no, it. No, 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 no. In that case, I, what if I just hung up on you right now? <laughs> um, Megan, do you actually, like, I never know how much you're joking. Like, when I send you, like, rule against perpetuities memes and you seem, like, really upset. Is this a bit we have or am I actually upsetting you every time? That's so up? funny. It is slightly upsetting and I'll tell you why. You're like, please um, stop. This is a boundary in our friendship. everybody jokes that the rule of perpetuities is like this really really difficult concept to wrap your head around but that it will never come up on the bar exam well i'm here to tell you it came up on my (gasps) bar exam um so yeah i'm a little triggered (laughs) okay i'll never talk about it again (laughs) it was like it was honestly questioned like 198 out of 200 questions. Oh God! And I and it didn't you know I was just like this is this is a joke, right? I'm just gonna guess. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So oh, man, learn from my mistakes. If you got if you were able to get your like multiple choice portion back to see which ones you got right and wrong, would you want to look at it or are you like yeah I passed that's it I'm done. Yeah, no, I'd I'd be interested. I actually toyed with the idea. So apparently if you like reach out to your, your, you know, local bar examiner board or whatever, um, they, you can get your, your tests back. You can get your scores back, I think. Um, but not the questions themselves. Like I heard from people who didn't pass the bar that when they found out they didn't pass, they were given a score breakdown, like the points that they got on each essay question the points they got on each like mpt and then their raw score on the mbe Mm -hmm. um but there are definitely some multiple choice questions that sort of haunt me still that i'm like i wonder if i got that one right yeah i know yeah um i don't know time will tell i'm sure that like eventually these some of these questions will be released and i'll be like ah yes i recall answering that one incorrectly (laughs) okay yeah but it doesn't matter because I passed and we're okay. That's we right. did it. That's right. Yeah. Amazing. Oh. Okay. Well, I just obviously riffed on my high for That's a while. That's such a high. That's the high. That is the high of this entire podcast. podcast. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's your high? Um, I think that knowing that I can start work in October is a huge high because I didn't know like I knew there'd be like a little break after passing, uh, after, uh, wow, hear me speaking that into existence? I said after passing the bar. I mean, after taking the bar. Um, Ooh, no, no, no. After passing <laughs> the bar. We love it. But I didn't know if it would be like, okay, there's like, you know, three weeks. And in that time, you get to travel, but you also have to move and like unpack and all that stuff. Um, but knowing it's in October and that the bar exam is at the end of July, I'm like, wow, having August and September means that, like, I don't have to figure out packing while I'm also studying. And, um, yeah, like, you know, if there's a cheaper flight somewhere and uh, the be- 
the end of August instead of the beginning of August or like September or something. I don't know. Um, that's just really like de-stressing me. Um, also this was a perk. I did not know was a thing for firms, but at least for my firm, one of the perks is, um, that they're like partnered with like a moving, uh, logistics person who I can just call and they'll like find someone to move my stuff from St. Louis to New York. And I knew that that was part of the perk was that they would help me like move, like financially would help me. But I didn't know that that included the service of actually packing my belongings. Oh which my is God. That's incredible. To me. Like I, I feel like I, I, I'm like, I don't deserve that. Like, I was like, I thought you were going to pay me for me to have a U-Haul that I would like, you know, I don't know. I really, I really feel like I'm in my thirties getting a These service. These are the big that. law perks. These That's are like, the big law perks. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And just like knowing the like company, like the insurance, my health insurance company. So I can like start looking up doctors and dentists, like all the things that you do to like quote unquote productively procrastinate, you huh. know, like, yeah. These are all the, I'm like, oh, I could be studying for finals, but instead I'm going to like look online and see like which doctors take my, like, I don't know, to, to prepare for my move that's happening in like a month. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I like that. So that's one of my highs. Um, another huge like de-stressor was bar registration for New York. I is due on April 30th. I started it on like April 5th or something because of this like midterm I had and a presentation I had to give. And I was like, okay, now it's time for me to like cram all of my bar application tasks into a couple of weeks, which Megan has already told me not to do. (laughs) And like, I'm terrified and that takes away so much of my exam studying time, but like time to hustle on this and then I'll hustle on exams and then like, it'll be done. Uh, the semester will be done and that will suck, but this is where we're at. We're at hustle time. And so I click through the like application. You have to upload your ID. You have to upload your vaccine card. You have to like answer some questions about like how many classroom hours you had versus clinic hours you had. You have to like like click that you like want to use your laptop instead of handwriting the bar. So of course I clicked that. And then you like pay your registration fee of 250 bucks, which is much cheaper than other States. And then it's done. You don't do any character and fitness stuff until after you take the bar. That's crazy. I know. So I was like, wow, New York, you are so doing me right right now because like only shelling out 250 sounds like so much money, but compared to some of the other states it isn't and like not a thousand dollars I yeah I know I don't understand it but yeah so I was like okay that like what I've been trying to tell anyone who's like I don't know if I'm going to be able to like get my driver's records from this state or get you know fingerprinted and or like all the random things you have to do for character and fitness I'm like worst case scenario sign up like register for new york and then like wave into another state even though that adds extra costs it's like you can register for the bar exam in like less than one day you can do it in like one hour which is like amazing okay so i was just like wow i now don't have like two weeks worth of tasks like i can immediately start studying for exams which of course i didn't do i started watching season two of bridgerton instead which is amazing and that's (laughs) also high 
And then I have two more highs, but I didn't want to like, if we were going to go back and forth, like if you have other highs. Do I? No, I have no other highs. That was, I mean, you can keep riffing, keep going. Okay. So, um, uh, I almost said chief justice again, me speaking things into existence, justice, uh, Sonia Sotomayor, (laughs) um, came to wash you, which was very cool. And there was like a lottery as to who would get to like sit in our like moot courtroom to see her in person. And I got in the lottery oh, um, and I was just a few rows back and it was, it was really sweet. I mean, she's a great speaker. Also like our interim Dean, who was my crim law professor and American legal history professor was the one who was like asking her questions. Oh, that's and so cool. She is like, I wouldn't want to see anyone else be the person interviewing her because he is just a character and I love him so much. So that was great. Um, like the actual experience of being there was like, like not super great for me. It was like really hot and like, kept <laughs> like claustrophobic. Um, and, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. And, and like, I, do like the there is that cynical part of me that's like I don't know what I like learned from this like the questions that were being asked of her her answers I don't know if I learned anything that I didn't already know or couldn't have learned from like reading her book um like I do think like maybe the main takeaway of having gone is getting to say that I went yep and which is not nothing which isn't nothing, but it is like, oh, right. I did. Yeah. Um, but I did learn one very cool thing I did not know, which probably a lot of the listeners already know this, but I didn't. Okay. That um, Sotomayor writes children's books and they sound like really great, like messages, like really great books. You know, I think I did know that because I think maybe like five or six years ago I had heard about there was a child's book about like how she became a Supreme court justice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's so rad. Cause like, wow. Talk about representation. Like love to see that. Um, Is it a judge grows in the Bronx about her childhood? That could be it. <laughs> I'm actually, as we're talking, I'm Googling. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Her her books, um, yeah, just help how to build a better world. Sonia Sotomayor. Oh yeah, here we go. A judge grows in the Bronx. This is it. This is yeah. it. I'm looking at the visual and I I recognize it. I know. Yeah, I I know her books sound great. So that that was a very cool takeaway. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna buy her books for sure. Yes. Yeah. One last high is that. I did adopt another cat over spring break. What? You knew that, Megan. That's what you said kittens I know, earlier. I know. <laughs> um, and uh, he is hilarious. This cat is named Tipu, which means tiger, and um, also is the name of a character in the Bollywood movie Lagan, which is probably my favorite Bollywood movie. Highly recommend. Uh, anyways, Tipu the cat is very fluffy um he is a flame point siamese uh which means he's white with like orange tips and he i think was like raised with a dog and a parrot that's my and then 
somehow got onto the streets and then came to a shelter. This is my guess because he has a little docked ear, which is part of like what a lot of catch and like catch neuter release programs will do so that other catch neuter release programs see a like feral cat and know that it has already been neutered, but uh, like without having to touch it. Um, So it has a docked ear, but it's like a pretty rare breed. And here's why I think that Tipu was raised with a dog and a parrot. Um, dog, dog wise, Tipu really likes to like play and like fight kind of, he doesn't really like to play with cat toys as much as he likes to like box with me. Like I'll have my (laughs) hands up and he'll have his paws up and we'll just like fake box each other for a while. And like, he'll like roll around and like growl and stuff. And he also plays fetch. He will bring it back. Yes. He will bring the like little ball back and like drop it. Not all the time, but the times he does, I'm very impressed. That's really so. How do how do Tipu and Raja get along? They don't get along. That has okay. been a yeah. I almost put this in the meh column, but I think it is a high because they are getting better and like it is like a high having Tipu here. But yeah, um, Tipu's like boxing prowess does not impress Raja. Raja does not think he's playing, um, oh. and Raja just doesn't really like him having like any space in the house, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, Raj is like, this is my house. What are you yeah, doing Yeah. But they're getting a little better. Uh, the reason I think Tipu was raised with a parrot in the home, in his first home, is because um, he doesn't really meow. He doesn't go, meow. He goes, broop, 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 broop. <laughs> and, like, um, that's not very parrot-like, but he has this way of doing that that really sounds like when a parrot goes, hello. You know how parrots will do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so people will go. <laughs> See, he came, he came to me. I don't know if you can hear him right now. No, he stopped I me. cannot hear him, but okay. I believe you. And I'm just like, he'll, like, if I close the door to the bedroom, he'll stand on the other side just being like. <laughs> and it's so freaky, but it sounds like he's like, Hello. Um, maybe I can record it and play it on the podcast because I know it sounds unbelievable, but it's true. (laughs) This boy can (laughs) fetch and talk. Yeah, those are my eyes. Yeah, a lot, a lot's happened since we last recorded whole spring break. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my god, huge life things. Yeah. Um. Dang. Okay. So were those all of your highs? Did we get those? Are yep. We we've exhausted the highs. Um, Okay. Listeners, if you need to stop now, if you're already having a bad day, uh, that's fine. Uh, we get it. This has been a boost. But listen on if you want to uh, commiserate with us about mez and lows. Yeah, it only goes down from here, my friend. I guess some of my updates that aren't okay. categorized. So I'll save those for later. Since Okay, they're... good. Yeah, bring them yeah. back up at the very end. Right. Love that. Um, well, my meh is that, and I, I can't remember if we talked about this on air or if I was telling you about this before we started recording, but now that I passed the bar, I have to wait four to six weeks to be sworn in, um, That's which is really annoying. It's like, it's just like all the stuff nobody tells you about. Like I had no idea yeah. about the MPRE. Um, I had no idea about the state specific component, which is my low and I'll get to that. Okay. Um, and then I had no idea that like you, you know, you pass the bar and then you have to wait like another month to month and a half 
to be sworn in and you actually can't be the attorney of record on anything until you get sworn in. Uh-huh. So I have to wait for that license to come in the mail. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really annoying. Um, this is, I couldn't figure out where to put this. Like it's not really a low, a met or a high more of like just kind of a funny anecdote. Okay. So um, the week after I passed the bar, I, you know, feeling pretty, smug about myself feeling like I know everything there is to know about the law um I had to I was like working on a case for one of our clients that required me to call a county's register of deeds office mm-hmm. uh, and I called the county and I introduced myself as an attorney and I asked the clerk a question about how to make a, a deed like a house deed valid to which she replied, didn't you just say you were a lawyer? Ouch! <laughs> oh and I was like, oh, critical hit. Oh, my God. You're absolutely right. I guess I have to know this stuff. Now I can't Aww. just go around asking people. So did she not answer? Was yeah, she, like, she was like, she, I mean, she couldn't give me an answer. It was kind of a niche question, just like okay. a, little, a little bit niche. And I, and I kind of already knew the answer. Um, I was just sort of like calling to confirm. Mm. Uh, yeah, but she was like, yeah, I can't, I don't know. Like, didn't you just say you were a lawyer? Like, that's legal advice. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> yep. I suppose you're absolutely correct, Marcy, or whatever your name is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so it's just like I just feel so brand new, so green. <laughs> I'm I'm now like, you know, I just got the hang of being a law student. It's right. sort of like being a freshman to like being a senior. Like you like by the time you graduate from high school or college and you're a senior and you're like, "Oh, I have it figured out. I got my shit dialed in. I like know exactly what to do." Um, but then you're like thrust into a brand new experience and you're like knocked way back down to where <laughs> you were before and I'm um, currently at the at the ground level, <laughs> but I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be here. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, oh, I like wish it was recorded. It was so cutting. That's amazing. <laughs> yep, that's oh. me. <laughs> oh. uh, what's your man? <laughs> oh man, um. Okay, my my trivial meh is, um, so from for this Japanese literature class, we had to give two presentations over the course of the semester. The first one I gave was about food, like courtly cuisine in the Heian era, the Han period, and okay. um, then I gave that one my all because I <laughs> thought it was our only presentation. I did like hours of research, and then when we had to give a second presentation, I was like, oh crap, like. I don't know. I was curious about food, but there's not too much else that like I could talk about that my classmates haven't already signed up to talk about. Um, but then I realized no one had talked about Go, the game, or Batgammon, which appear in the Tale of Genji. And I was like, oh, this will be great. I'll like give me a chance to learn Go. And anyways, I the, that presentation went very easily because there's many more sources talking about those things than talking about food, like court cuisine and the Heian period. So okay. it was a much easier presentation. That's the high part of it. But the low part of it, the meh, is that I cannot, I've learned the rules of Go. I like understand the technical like restrictions on play. 
but I cannot win a game of Go against even the most basic, like the most basic <laughs> level of this like Go app that I okay. have. And I'm like, oh no, there must be something I don't get here about this because I've played so many times and I just cannot get it. So any any Go aficionados who are listening to this, um, like email in and maybe maybe we can have some like Go go tutoring or something, something that's not law related, that's still kind of like fun and brain engaging. Hmm. Uh, the other met is that I pulled an all nighter for a midterm paper, which was so unnecessary because uh, this was for money laundering and our professors gave us the midterm assignment like three weeks before it was due, before spring break even so that we could have worked on it then if we wanted to, but didn't have to. So it was the most like gracious way to give a midterm if you're going to give one. And um, they even gave us like outlines for like, here's how we expect you to structure your answer. Uh-huh. So they did everything right. And like over spring break. So I was studying for the MPRE that that's my low. That's what I did over spring break kind of. And I, of course I could have done like a little bit of both and balanced it, but I didn't. And I, kind of waited until like four days before it was due. And I Mm -hmm. did the thing where I like spent a lot of time like researching and like making a document of like my research. And then the day before it was due, like, you know, maybe 30 hours before it was due, I started writing. And I was like, cool, I'll write my draft and then I'll go sleep in the morning. I'll edit it and send it in. Like I've done all this research, whatever. Yeah. No, because once I started writing, I realized that my research did not like was missing like a huge element of the analysis, which I I do want to do an episode on like money laundering because I think it's like fun to talk about and like learn about. And it's a good way to like learn a little bit more about the criminal law statutes and how they like work together. But so this, what I'm saying now will make sense once we record that at some point, but I hadn't done enough research into the predicate offenses that the money that you have to prove the money came from, like you have to prove that the money is dirty. Otherwise okay. it's not money laundering basically. So I hadn't done the research on that. I had just done the research on like, okay, assuming you have dirty money, the way that you might launder it is this and the statutes you would use to prosecute that are this. But anyways, it's like two sets of statutes. Anyways, um, so I stayed up until like 6 a.m., slept for like 45 minutes, and then Oof. got back to it and was wrecked. I cannot pull onliners like I could in undergrad, obviously, because that was like many moons ago. But I just, I slept through a meeting. I slept through a class. It was not great. But the reason yeah, that's not a low is, yeah, it was a, Oh, and this was, so I couldn't sleep that morning because I had to go see Sonia Sotomayor, of course. Of course. Um, and then I took a little afternoon nap, but I had to get up and rally because I had weeks before purchased these tickets for a couple of friends for their birthday to this like knockoff magic mic show. So I was like, I cannot bail on them for this. So I went to that absolutely delirious <laughs> and then came home and then slept until 4 p.m. the next day. So anyways, it was like erect like a huge, like my week was just completely thrown off. But the like reason it's not a low is because it is done. You know, that yeah. term is done. 
there were word limits, so I did it as well as I could have, given the word limits. That's just, uh, yeah. How does one recover fully? I don't know. Sleeping until 4 p.m. does 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 a lot of good. I could help you. Yeah. 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 Oh my. Oh my yep. friend. Yep. Yeah. It's good to have one last all-nighter, I guess. Yeah, we're calling it one last un- uh, yeah. all-nighter. Just as one, just the one. Yeah, as a law student. Mm. And I'm like, I have to make sure to do everything in my power to not do this in practice, like they do on suits all the time. They're pulling all-nighters in this big law firm in the show suits. And I'm like, yeah. I can't, I just, at least now it has been confirmed that I physically cannot do this at this age. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm sorry, I'm not built for this. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Neither am I. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I value sleep too much. I I love sleep. I love sleep. The maintenance phase episode on, on sleep was so good, though. I listened to oh, it. Oh, you've been listening. To be like, oh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be ruined forever. Yeah, no, no. It, it did. It did brush up against my theory that you could store sleep, which I know is mm-hmm. not rooted in any science. But I'm like, just I keep to telling feel. myself that. Yeah. I'm like, if I sleep 10 hours a night, like every night, pretty much like from now until forever, like one day when I really need it, I'll be able to go like four days without sleeping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not the case, evidently. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Um. Okay, what are your lows? Well, so my low is that I I don't ha- I I took the MPRE like right at the end of spring break. I should have taken it last year. I took ethics I took the class, ethics class last year and I just didn't register in time like an idiot. So I ruined my 3L spring break basically by taking the MPRE. But yeah, everyone everyone had told me like it's not that bad. The If you do the, like, you know, prep for it and, like, the practice tests are harder than the real test. And I so I did all this, like, Barbary prep and took the practice tests and was starting to get the hang of them. And then the real test, like, the answers didn't seem to be, like, reformulations of the same questions I had been answering over and over. I felt um, that way about the bar exam. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, keep going. Well, I mean, so... I, I wrote this in the outline, like, this is a, this is a low, it's in the low category for now. It, it will be upgraded to meh if I pass, you know, it'll stay in the low yeah. if it, if I don't, but yeah, I, so yeah, I went in feeling confident basically and left just feeling like, oh my gosh. As Adam's grandpa would say, you went in like gangbusters and left like little orphan Annie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thanks, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, that's vivid. That's, that's good. There you go. Ugh. What's What's your low? Can anything low. Can anything pull down the the high of passing the bar? Truly not. No. Um. Except so, like this is a low only because it was annoying, not because it's like dragging me down. But in North Carolina, um to be fully licensed you need to not only take the bar exam but you also have to take the mpre and you also have to do a state specific component which same with new york and it's yeah really yeah. hard <laughs> is it actually hard it's so hard but it's open book okay so ours is like devastatingly easy 
Oh. But it's just like very tedious. Oh. So what you have to do, it's six videos. Each video is like an hour to an hour and a half long. The only thing is you can't pause it or well, you can pause it, but you can't go back. Like you can't move the toggle on the time around at all. Uh. Um, so if you missed something, you truly missed it because uh. uh, you can't scroll back. Additionally, at the end of each section, you have to answer three multiple choice questions. And if you get one wrong, you have to redo the entire section over again. Yeah. Well, New York, it'll send you back to the like exact moment in the video where they go over that. So that's. Now, see, that's humane. That's humane. That's, we have yeah. to rewatch the entire video. Shit. That's yeah. Awesome. So I like sat and I did five of the six sections. And the fifth section was torts. And I got one of the questions wrong. I don't know which one it was because they don't tell you. Oh, um, that's And then I was like, okay, too. okay, I can recoup. I'll rewatch it again. So I rewatch it again. I take the, the quiz again. And I get one wrong or one or two or maybe all three. I have no idea. And it's like, sorry, you don't. Pa-. And when you, no. when you don't like pass the section, you like click your final answer, hit submit. And then it takes you a page that just is like, this gigantic red circle with the word pass in it with a huge slash through it. It's like, you didn't pass. And so I was so demoralized at this point because this I'm like three hours into this now. And I've like listened to the same boring lecture over and over and over again. So I'm then presented with this option that's like, do you want to start off or do you want to go back to where you left off? And I was like, no, I don't. I want to just like try maybe the next and last section because I can't watch this video again for the third time. So I hit no and it reset all of no. my work. No, every no. single thing. And no. I lost my shit. Like I was like unwell. I mean, this was <laughs> at least at least seven to eight to maybe nine hours of work I put into this. <sighs> Um, you know, not billing time at my, at my job. Like I was like watching so I email the, the law board of law examiners. And I was like, Hey, I clicked. No, is there any way I can get my work back? And she was like, honey, Oh no, no, no. Like you can't click. No, it resets all your stuff. And I'm like, say that, like, are you sure you want to click? No, this will reset all your questions. Yeah. There's not even a warning like that. It's just like, do you want to start where you left off? And I just clicked. No, it it wasn't. So anyway, then I was like, well, why do you even have that button? (laughs) Right. Who would ever click? No, who would ever say no, no, one would ever say no. Right. And she said, I know, I know it's, you know, Every year I get a dozen or two dozen people with the exact same issue, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up having to take the state specific component of the North Carolina bar exam twice. (laughs) Oh my God. And that was such a low. I was just not in a good way about it. That's like very similar to like you write a paper and it crashes and Microsoft Word is like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Very much like that. Um, so So I logged logged into, so the way New York does it is they have a New York law course, NYLC. You have to take the course before you can take the exam. The course has 18 videos. So they vary in duration. It, I, I scrolling through, I would say the average is 50 minutes because there's some over and some under that. And you have to get all the questions right. So we're talking like almost 18 hours of, of work here. 
Um, yeah. And like, but more, cause it'll like take you back and you can't scroll through the time, just like you're saying. And they audit the time. So you can't do it on like double speed or anything. Um, and then once you get through all of that and pass all the questions, you're eligible to register for the exam. And the exam, I didn't take it in March, which was one of the options. I'm going to take it in like August or whatever, but it has, or September, I forget, but it has like all of these, according to my friends who've taken it, the questions are very similar to the questions in the NYLC and you, there's no way that you could actually like know all of them. It's open book. And so like the big exam prep strategy is to like tab the like outline that they provide of like New York specific law very well so that you can access the answer and like find it, which is exactly how it is in this, like, um, in the, whatchamacall, the course. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's just such a headache. Ah." It's all awful. It's It's very awful. to destroy you. Like I started doing the course like two days before the March exam registration date. And I was like, oh, th- there's actually no way I will actually, there's actually physically not enough time for me to do this. So I guess I'll work on this more slowly instead of like binging it. Uh, I'm glad you're done with it. It's all done now. Never again. Never. <laughs> it's actually kind of sad to me to think about how the bar exam is like very limiting. Like I will never like the likelihood of me ever moving back to California is so slim because I don't want to have to take that bar oh, exam. Yeah. Yeah. Or like Wisconsin where Adam is from. Yeah. Again, slim because of the trauma of taking the bar exam. But I don't want to do They'll adopt the UBE in the time between like while you're in North Carolina. Maybe. Even still though, and I and I don't really understand this, so like don't mm-hmm. take my word for it, but when you look at the different UBE jurisdictions, um the score portability I think has a t- a cap on oh, it. Oh shit, I forgot about that. Yeah, so it's like, okay, if I, like, took the North Carolina bar exam, passed it, and then wanted to go practice in, like, New York, let's say, right. my score is only portable between the two jurisdictions for, like, X amount of time. And I think the, like, the longest time period is something like five years. Oy vey. I know. <laughs> I wonder so, if yeah. I should just, like, preemptively wave into, like, some, like, North Carolina just in case... You know, I ever want to go back or something. Wouldn't be mad at that. Wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, That is, that is interesting. Yeah. Pretty limiting. Pretty sad. Well, the bar exam, though. One thing I meant to ask you at the top of the show is, was there ever a point at which Because I remember in our last episode, it was, like, right after you took it, and you weren't, like, feeling the relief or anything. Yeah. Was there a point? Or were you just kind of in, like, the holding pattern until you got the score back? I will say that over time, I, like, I, so right after I took the exam, I felt absolutely no relief. Um, And then, like, relief kind of came in small waves over the subsequent five weeks. 
Um, and it got to the point where, like, even the day before I got my exam results, unbeknownst to me, I did not know they were coming that next day. <laughs> yeah. I think I was saying to people at my birthday party, like, I'm cautiously optimistic. Like, I would be, right. like, kind of surprised if I didn't pass. But okay. also, I'm, like, humble enough to know that right. I could have very well not passed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, so yeah, I, unfortunately I didn't walk out thinking like I like dunked on it at all, but, um, I did do, I did, I did enough. I did what I needed to do. Yeah. So. And do we have any non high men or lows? I have some, but I didn't know if you had any. Oh, do you? No, I don't really, I don't really. Okay. Um, I didn't know what you meant by miscellaneous, but I'll say my updates. So first, got to give a shout out to Oren, obviously, mm. um, because it is tax season and Oren is now a certified VITA. That stands for Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. It's through the IRS. And you've, y'all have heard me on the show, um, like highly recommending like, before you go to law school, getting involved with these like programs that the IRS has like FIDA. There's also another one called enrolled agent where you can actually represent people in tax court without a JD, um, which is just really great experience. So Oren is a volunteer helping people who need, who need help with their income tax returns. So huge shout out to that because that's such an area of need during this month. Um, Okay, this is a very random up like thing to give a review about. <laughs> um, still not our show is still not sponsored, but if it was <laughs> uh, sponsored, I would be like asking this company called Huel, H U E L, which probably everyone here has seen advertised on Instagram. I know I sure did, um, because it's a very interesting like they do like protein bars and protein shakes, which like. Every company seems to do that. So I like, I'm not interested in those advertisements at all. Cause like I'm a huge cliff bar, like devotee, <laughs> okay. but now Huel has these, like, they call them hot and savory options. They're like, like a, a warm, salty meal that is like, like they have like vegan mac and cheese, um, Mexican quinoa, and then Thai green curry. Those are the three like hot and savory options I got. Okay. Basically it's like a bag of like shelf stable freeze dried meals. I know I'm not selling it right now, but <laughs> you like put boiling water in like a cup with a couple scoops of it and let it sit. And then it's like a warm meal and it is like full of nutrients. So it's like a guaranteed nutritious meal and it's like ready to eat right away and you don't have to like have it in the fridge or anything or the freezer or whatever. So I tried it out cause I got so scared about food prep during bar prep. Okay. I was like, that's going to be me. I'm going to be eating frozen pizzas all the time. Cause I love them. And cause they're easy. And so I was like, okay, let me try these, like this food that is like really easy and nutritious to do. And so my, takeaway from that is that it could be like a really good option for folks to keep like in their locker if they have a dedicated locker at school just so they're never stuck like having to get crappy food or not having food um 
and I'll probably buy some of it during bar prep, but I will caution that the vegan mac and cheese is very gross. It does not taste like mac and cheese. Obviously it doesn't. Obviously it doesn't. I don't know why. There was like that hope in me being like, wow, vegan mac and cheese is easy and good. But no. No way. So that's like an interesting option for folks if you're someone who is like concerned about food and really need it to be easy. Okay. That's very random. The other update I have (laughs) is um, actually a disconcerting revelation. Oh. Yeah. So... I have not sat in the back of most of my classes in law school. I usually sit on the side so that I can go to the bathroom during class mm-hmm. or like just with friends, but I don't usually gravitate towards the back because it's a little harder to pay attention. But in some of my classes this semester, I'm sitting in the back and I've started to notice something that terrifies me. So I don't know if you ever do this, but I, when I'm, zoning out will like nod at certain intervals to indicate that I'm paying attention, even though I'm not, but just so that the like teacher doesn't get concerned. And, um, I think I'm pretty good at it. Like I kind of like, I go off like the intonation of the person's voice. Like, you know, you just kind of, I don't know, you intuitively know, like when the person who's, when someone who's speaking, like wants some like valid input. Yeah. Right. So, I've never been self-conscious about nodding despite not paying attention. Okay. Turns out though, Megan, like all the people who zone out have that same intuition. We all nod at the same time. So Uh-oh. that means that the professors probably realize like, okay, like all the people who are nodding at the same time based on my tone of voice are probably just, you know what I mean? Like, Oh my Every, God. Yeah, they're on to you. So much more transparent. They're on to me. It's so much more transparent than I <laughs> thought it was. I really thought I was like, you know, escaping detection. <laughs> so wait, what's the solve here? Is it like you're just going to start nodding at like inopportune times or like nodding. weird off cadence times? Now I put more effort into making it seem like I'm paying attention. Oh, just nodding more away. vigorously. No, I'm just like nodding at slightly different times. I'm like, okay, I'll let the people who aren't paying attention take the like intuitive ones and I'll do the like slightly less time you know I'll like make I'll make sure it looks like I'm taking notes during like the times when it looks like they want to make sure people are understanding and then I'll like nod at like certain key other moments would paying attention also solve this problem of course (laughs) (laughs) no that's that's unheard of we can't be doing that absolutely not so So that was my my disconcerting revelation. Wonderful. <laughs> Is that it? Do you have anything else? No, those are my only updates, I think. Oh, okay. So we're ending on a disconcerting revelation. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Do you have anything else, Megan? Really. I, I will say I want to ask you one thing. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm going to have all these textbooks when I graduate. And I know you had mentioned something about donating textbooks to people who are incarcerated. Like, how do you do that? Do you just yeah. call a prison and be like, can I send my books? Or like, do you mail them in? That's a great question. And um, 
if this is why I didn't bring it up because I don't know yet. Oh, oh <laughs> no. okay. Uh, yeah, okay. so I, I do appreciate the lead in though. So Lydia is very graciously trying to um, get me to talk about this on air. So I'll tell you what I do know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I had been saddled with like at least 40 books from law school. None of them were those core textbooks. And by that, I mean like those hardcover you know, leather bound uh, with like the gold writing on them. The shit that you see in like law offices that, you know, just are very fancy. We all had to buy them in law school and I I have those, but I had like 40 other textbooks from other classes I took that um, weren't core. And I had posted on Instagram seeing if anybody wanted them. And much to my surprise and pleasure, every single one of those books uh, was spoken for. Um, Wow. yeah, so I, I gave all of them away, and that felt amazing and great, and uh, I hope that they have fantastic homes <laughs> where they went, um, but my friend Madison, who we've had on the podcast before in our episode called A Call to Action, she recommended that I donate those hardcover, fancy leather law books to a prison, because apparently people who are incarcerated... Um, you know, want those, those textbooks. And that completely makes sense. So I've been holding on to them and um, I had a plan to, in the next like week or so, figure out exactly how it is I can donate them, but that is the plan. And when I figure out how to do it, I will let everybody know. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Well, that's a good place to end then other than a disconcerting revelation. Right. (laughs) A concerning revelation, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this has been such a good catch up. Um, I can't wait till our next one. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a good one. Absolutely. Maybe it'll be my graduation or before or exams. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. No, not then. We don't have to wait that long. For my exam prep, I'll prepare something. Okay, good. Either on refugee law, money laundering, or both. Great. That's what I want to hear. Okay, sweet. Okay. Goodbye.